In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level in helping others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as we all know, our lives are filled with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Some parts that can be so low that it feels all ways to recover seemingly are exhausted, right? Uh, we reach a point to where we feel lost, alone, isolated, hopeless. Some may refer to this as rock bottom. As you know, I love listening to podcasts, and I came across my special guest on iTunes. When I read his bio, I was fascinated with his transparency. He's a former drug addict who did time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud, and he's also a single dad. When released in 2006, he had very, very little on his person, but despite that, he kicked his drug habit and started the long climb up. This gentleman is the embodiment of rising up from the bottom, embracing and learning from life's lessons, and helping others who are struggling. He's the creator and host of the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited for this conversation. Let's welcome Mr. Sean Dustin to the show. Sean, how you doing, man? Welcome. I'm great, Aubrey. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me onto your show and uh, giving me a chance to provide some value to your listeners. Oh, thank you so much, man. I, I know what you have to share with your insights will resonate with the listeners uh, without a doubt. So we're just going to dive into it, man, with uh, some of the usual uh, initial question, right? Just just share with the listeners, you know, who you are, where you're from, and, and, and what was life like for Sean growing up? Well, my name is Sean Dustin. Uh, I'm 46. I grew up in the uh, in Northern California, in the Bay Area, um, Contra Costa County to be specific, which is maybe about 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. And, uh, you know, my parents um, divorced when I was five. Um, that was uh, probably not a very good situation. I didn't, I heard a lot about it. I, I don't remember seeing any of it, uh, but from the stories that I heard. Um, and so, you know, it was an abusive situation uh, verbally and, and uh, somewhat physically, I think. Um, I, and I don't know, I guess from that, it affected me at some, in some, at some level, because that from that point on, uh, I was around five, I started uh, um, basically just acting out and uh, like getting in trouble in, in as early as, as third grade. Um, I remember I got kicked out of a preschool um, when, and that was in the third grade that's what kind of sparked the uh me having to go um to school near my my house because the daycare center that my mom had me in was right behind the school the elementary school that i was in so it was a perfect situation for her she was working in san francisco mm -hmm. and commuting and so this just made it so i had to be a latchkey kid which is a horrible idea for anybody out there thinking that latchkey kid thing is uh, is great when a kid has no supervision and no no direction and no um, discipline, that is not a good situation. 
Um, you know, kids crave that. They need that. They need the, the discipline. They need the the structure yeah. of of something. So, yeah. I mean, that's where that's the first part where it went it went off the rails. Yeah. And you know, the further that you know, my mom worked uh, in San Francisco. So, I mean, I was be able to be there. You know, uh, after school, have a lot of time by myself. She worked in uh, in accounting, so the tax season was uh you know sometimes she'd get home till like nine ten o'clock at night mm. and so i mean i could do whatever i want you know there's no right. restriction to put me on restriction okay <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna enforce that yeah yeah <laughs> i know what time you call every day i just gotta make sure i'm here and answer the phone uh -huh. um you know because humans are creatures that have it unfortunately um mm -hmm. and so you know that just led into you know uh, a lot of trouble in school um, got uh, suspended quite a bit in elementary school, made it into junior high, got expelled from that junior high, went to my uncle's house and went to my dad, got in trouble down there, went to my dad's uh, up in Sacramento, got in trouble there, uh, went back to the school that I got expelled from. They let me in uh, reluctantly. And I, you know, ended up like three weeks uh, before school was out. And I had straight Fs. I was, I was, I was failing out. Um, they said, you know what, go home and don't ever come back. Wow. We're not suspending you. We're just, we're socially promoting you to the ninth grade and get the hell off of our property and never come back here. Mm. And so I got a three week early vacation and no one, there was no one to play with, but I mean, you know, that's just the kind of like trouble I would get into, you know? Right. right. And it right. didn't stop there, you know, and that was just a, a, another beginning of it. Cause in high school, it was a whole different, a whole different ballgame. You know, I got into some some uh, legal trouble with the law. I got put on probation um, yeah. uh, at 16 or 15, I think. I started doing meth. Mm. Uh, I had already been smoking weed. I'd smoked weed the first time when I was a kid, probably eight or nine years old. I'd found some in my mom's drawer. And I don't think she was smoking it, but, you know, uh, parents have some shit stashed around somewhere, you know, sure. and I found it and I knew what to do with it which was a crazy thing. I'd never seen it before, but I just, for some reason, I knew what to do with the bong and, and where to put the weed and, and to light it and to smoke it. And mm. uh, I did. Mm -hmm. And I jumped on my skateboard and rode straight down the hill and didn't stop. And that was the first time that I realized that, wow, there's something out there that makes you invincible, you know, or at least yeah. makes you feel like you're invincible. And right. so, you know, it uh, getting in trouble uh, with the law kind of was was probably a good thing because my mom had to uh, to give me up as a ward of the court because it was incorrigible. You know, I was I was running away, not coming home, doing all kinds of stuff, doing a lot of drugs. Um, I'd done a, a I think a 151 day stint in uh, the boys' ranch. By this point, uh, that didn't work. Um, the last, the, the last trouble that I got in as a juvenile, I had got, my mom was just like, Hey man, I can't deal with him anymore. And so they gave me a violation of my probation and they gave me an option to do nine months in juvenile hall or six months in a uh, treatment center, a uh, group home drug treatment center. And so me being the person that I am and manipulative and, and really, you know, just only looking out for myself all the time. I'm like, oh, well, there's girls there, right? It's co-ed. Well, <laughs> there are six yeah. months and then there's, and there's girls. Well, that's a no brainer. I'm gonna go there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, six months, six months turned into to 16 months. 
Because in a drug treatment mm -hmm. center, it's not about the time, it's about the progress. Right. right. So I was in there manipulating and doing all kinds of stuff and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just continuing the behavior, uh, right. you know, and, and they just, uh, they weren't having it. And so, you know, finally I cried and I, I got real is what they would call it, you know, after like months of just like, just not fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And this is where I really learned the the what the the term you have to surrender to succeed meant, right. because that people would always just say that to me, and, and they're like, hey, "Well, you have to surrender to succeed. You have to surrender. You have to surrender." And I'm like, "Dude, that's so contrary to what I because I was a team sports guy. You know, I played sports and everything else. And it's like, how do you, how do you surrender and win? That doesn't make any sense to me, yeah. but." Um, it did when I, I looked at it in that context, context, because it's like, it's not so much that you're fighting anybody, you're fighting yourself, right. you're fighting your own, you're in your own way all the time, or I was in my own way all the time. And so I'm the one that was, was that I was fighting me and I had to surrender to, to the system or whatever it was that, that I was fighting. And, and at this particular juncture it was, I was fighting the fact that I didn't want to look at the hard things that people run away from right you know yeah. and i i touched a little bit of it um but for some what i don't know for whatever reason i just wasn't i i just i just never really trusted people right. after after my dad you know um bounced and right, right. And, and it just got worse as i got older because i you know the behavior that i had causes people to not want to be around you causes people to want to abandon you right um, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that I would kept rolling uh, like a like a loop that I just kept getting on and couldn't get off of. Right. And that took me into like eventually I ended up um, I ended up graduating that program. I went into a, 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 an emancipation house, got a job, moved in with my brother, um, which I didn't realize that he has, he was trans until I moved in. Yeah. and saw that he was dressing up like a woman all the time and I, I knew that he had been an actor you know prior to that right and that's what he had told me when I moved in oh I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for a role um and I'm just trying to get into character and all this other stuff and I'm like oh okay all right that's right. strange right. but whatever yeah um you know and and at some point I ended up getting kicked out of there just because I knew it wasn't that and I just was having a hard time dealing with it I mean this is mm -hmm. you know it's my brother you know I, I we play basketball together we do all right. this other stuff together and it's like mm -hmm. I, I think one of the things that a lot of trans uh people don't understand when it comes to the family members is that a, your family member's dying basically right. you know what I mean because the person that I knew no longer is there anymore Right. You are, but my perception of you is gone now, you know, and you yeah. have kind of died, you know, uh, the person that you were, the dead name that you were right. is, is dead now, right? And yeah. so you've moved on and everything else is good, but the family rarely ever gets a chance to mourn the loss of, of the dead name. No, that's exactly right, man. And, you know, uh, when it comes to scenarios like that, that you just mentioned there, Sean, um, the consideration is a two-way street, right? It's not just what we need to consider of those who are trans or those who are bi, right? There's some things they need to consider of, of us, right? To your point, yeah. 
just the history of growing up with your brother playing basketball, you know, doing guy things together as brothers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, that person is, is, is basically kind of being laid to rest because mm-hmm. this new person in this new form or this new lifestyle or different lifestyle has now emerged. So, you know, that consideration of how the other side feels is a two-way street. It, it totally is. Now, there's something that you touched on a minute ago that I was very intrigued on, and I, and I want to I want to get your viewpoint on this, okay? You mentioned earlier how you uh, found yourself fighting the system, fighting the system, and uh, and manipulating the system, right? So there's two things I'm interested in. Number one, there are people who are just natural born manipulators and whether they are trying or intend to manipulate or not, they will manipulate the system. Let's say rehab, okay? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and no matter what intentions you have, if, if someone's manipulating a system, the system usually doesn't work right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you mentioned before, it's not a matter of the time you do in the rehab, it's the recovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my question, my first question to you is, um, uh, when you, when you were fighting and fighting and manipulating, um, your intent originally was, was, was not to recover or rehab at that point, was mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. No, it was just, I was just carrying out what I knew. Yeah. You know, so here, here, here's a perfect example. We were allowed three cigarettes um, or, or seven cigarettes a day. Yeah. Uh, the people that come from the Emancipation House, they're allowed to leave the facility. We got yeah. money, um, like we got some money a week, you know, like an allowance, right? right? So I would just save up all of mine. I'd have them go and buy me a pack of cigarettes and I'd turn around and sell those extra for like a dollar a piece, right? Right. And so I would, was selling haircuts. I would do stuff like, you know, I got in good with the, with the, the cook in the kitchen and she would allow me to come and help her, even though I wasn't on the kitchen detail. Mm. So I go in, help her cook and I, and I would come out, all the other clients would have what was regular for breakfast. And I'd come out with a fat ass egg omelet, you know what I mean? Filled <laughs> with all kinds of stuff yeah. on purpose, you know what I mean? And sure, just sure. And sit down right in front of in the middle of everybody and look, yeah, now what? Wow. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's just like that kind of a punk ass attitude. Sure, sure. And 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 that's I mean maybe I don't know. That's the way that I would perceive it as somebody. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. dude, why you gotta why you gotta be like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so and, and it just never stopped. It yeah. never stopped. Even yeah. though even though the, I stopped doing drugs for a while, that's the easy part, man. The drugs is the easy part. It's the behavior right. that the drug and being in, in the criminal element and the criminality and then going to prison and having to still have that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the, the behavior is what the problem is. And and it's it's a lot of the times it never gets dealt with. When you go to mm-hmm. prison, the behavior doesn't get dealt with unless yeah. you're in there actually actually trying to deal with it. If you're trying to rehabilitate yourself. Right. Um, but it's a difficult situation because you, I mean, that, those, those things that you learned in that lifestyle are what help you to, uh, survive in prison, you right. know, sure. knowing that being able to hustle, being able to, yeah. you know, slip in and out of any environment. I can go hang out with the brothers for a second. If I wanted to, right. I can go slide over to the, to the Pisces right, and, right. uh, you know, do that. That's the kind of guy I was. Cause I mean, I'm white. Yeah. But I mean, I look Hispanic. I look, I look like I could be a, a number of different things. So yeah. 
Yeah. And, and knowing how to talk to people, it just, it was just a, a shoe in for me to be able to be a chameleon basically. Yeah. So it's like, I never, ever really had an identity. I was always mm. trying to be something that I wasn't, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like who I was for, to begin with, honestly. And so I, you know, when I finally fell and there's a lot of in between that, but when I finally fell, um, it was for fraud and, uh, you know, I was, was uh, doing, uh, uh, basically assuming other people's identities and doing the uh the credit card fraud and getting yep, accounts yep. And, and and that weren't they were i was starting the accounts and setting them up in somebody else's name and you know that was around the time when it first started gotcha and when i went to prison i went to prison for drug trafficking and fraud related to that i got out in 2006 i paroled to my mom's i was not done i there was still things that i had on my resume that i wanted to to accomplish in that criminal environment yeah and that yeah. that may sound crazy to you but it, it it was in my head and what it was yeah. is i wanted i knew that i could there was a way that i could make credit cards myself get the information press them out do the cards put the put the information on the magnetic strip in the back and mm. i did i figured it i i hooked up with the people that yeah. showed me how to do it and um i got in trouble again got lucky uh, i was on uh i think it was january 1st 2010 i got arrested um i got arrested uh what was it i got arrested doing something uh I, at a, a doing a, a Best Buy, I, I did the purchase online and I went to pick it up in the store and yeah. I'd been up all night or three days trying to perfect this thing and, and right. it was like I had no business I had no business even going out and doing anything I didn't need it I had three of them already in a box in <laughs> right. my in my lit in in the hallway plus a bunch of other things that were I just needed to sell and it was just it was a it was a rush man it, it was yeah. like you I, I just couldn't I don't I, I can't explain it. And so I ended up getting arrested there. Um, I did a violation. I think I did two total on my wallet between 2006 and 2010. One was mm -hmm. for a 90 day drug, uh, drug treatment center. Mm -hmm. um, got kicked out of that. There's a whole story on that one. Um, <laughs> and then had to do another violation to do a 90 day uh, in, in, uh, in jail. And mm -hmm. so and that was a real, like it was a, a county facility. So, those are more dangerous than prisons kind of because there's oh, you yeah. got you got cowboys in there you know what i mean the guys sure, that don't sure. understand that that the politics of prison uh, don't it's like the, to me sometimes it seems like there's a bunch of people in there that that they hear about what prison's like and then try to right. act it out right and, and instead of just like knowing what it is like hey man it, you know all this madness doesn't have to happen right um, right and so before I went to that, I, I stopped doing drugs for um, like a, a month. I, I stopped a month before and I stopped smoking right. um, just because I knew I didn't want to be kicking that while I was in there because then it make me vulnerable. Right, right. And I so, and then after that, it was, I mean, it, for some reason, I just, uh, it, I didn't go back to it. Um, I found things, um, basically, I, I, I uh, I found other things um, like I started playing slow pitch softball and yeah. it sounds crazy, but it was, it was an activity that took me away from the people that I was around prior. Right. It put me around people that I had no, I, I it forced me to get to know other people. Right. I had fun doing it. I started mm -hmm. be, being accountable because I'm on a team and I have to show up. And so 
that started happening and I started getting good at it. Um, I started building a little bit of self-esteem. I didn't like the way that the league was running. So I, I started my own in my city. <laughs> right. And that was the beginning of everything. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so, so if I make a goal and I achieve it, <laughs> I don't need drugs to make me feel good about myself or, yeah. or, or try to hide the fact that I, feel like shit about myself because i can't accomplish things right but here's the formula you just have a goal yeah you do what you got to do to achieve that goal yeah you do it it feels good you level up and then you figure out okay what else can i do and you just keep leveling up leveling up leveling up leveling up right. and, and right. you just keep tackling bigger and bigger challenges because now you're you're this esteem is coming and you're not always gonna you're not always gonna uh, succeed you know there was plenty of times that i've failed but oh, yeah. the failures are important because there's a lot of magic in failing absolutely 100 percent, man and you know i gotta tell you man um uh the approach that you've taken, which I've heard in, uh, in, a, in a lot of rehab strategies, you know, when you, when you give up a bad habit, replace it with something good. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, and like you said, it's those incremental changes where over time you start to put two and two together, you know, and it's like, Hey, I don't need drugs to succeed or mm -hmm. to feel good about myself, you know? And plus I'm not, suffering some crazy crash or 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 trip you know from a stint of drugs with the intent of feeling good this is all natural i'm feeling good from something that i've done something mm -hmm. that was of value that made me feel like i mattered and have purpose right uh, yeah. that's tremendous man that is tremendous so um you had to realize at some point uh that the hustle that you were on the manipulating that that you were doing and 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 you were fully intentional it sounds like especially when you were talking about uh, uh meeting up with someone who can help you like uh set up the whole operation for you know the uh the the, the carbon strip on the credit cards and, mm -hmm. and 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 the pressing and all that right uh mm -hmm. that's fully intentional like premeditated stuff right mm -hmm. yeah. so um so at some point did you get did you feel like going against the grain was um, exhausting? You know, not uh, trying not to get caught uh, doing something that you know is wrong or illegal, even though you 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 have the intention of doing it. Um, at some point, would that would that have crossed anyone's mind? Uh, you know that that hey, this is something that's it's really draining me. It's exhausting. You know, uh, when you go to sleep at night, does it weigh on your head? Uh, did you have any of that happen uh, at the time? No, not, not, not. I mean, that's why I stayed high all the time because when, when yeah. that's the only way that I could do it, I couldn't do it when I was so, when I was sober. Right. It right, would, right. Uh, you know, I would try, I would try. I did the, and, and this goes to show I, I was anti, I think, I believe that I'm undiagnosed ADHD. Okay. Because the meth focused me mm. like laser focus. You know, there's really? some people that get on meth. Yeah. And they, and they like have piles of, of, of stuff all over the place and can never, can never complete or, or accomplish anything. It's just, yeah. they're just running in circles and not, and making a mess. Erratic. Me, it was me. It was, I would, 
the only way that I can I can kind of describe it for people that that couldn't that don't understand is that movie with uh, Bradley Cooper called Limitless. Yeah. And when he would take that that little clear pill. Yep. I and he that. would be super la- he'd be super laser focused on everything yep. that he was doing. Yep. And that's exactly what it was like. I would go for three days in a, in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, in tackling things like the California ID and how many different layers there are to it and, right. and go into Photoshop and I would go and, and peel every single layer off and, and figure out how that worked. I, I was, yeah. I got in trouble when I got raided. Um, I had, I was, I was counterfeiting hundred dollar bills. Um, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? With, and that was like washing $1 bills be, and then reprinting over the bill the, with the stuff, you know what I mean? It, it yeah, was like, yeah. I, yeah. I would figure out ways to get around shit, but I've been doing that ever since I was a kid though. You gotta remember that. Yeah. So yeah. my, my, my thing is, is that when I go through, I know I can, I can point out the vulnerabilities in a lot of stuff. Right. And I look at ways to get around doing things um, just naturally. Uh, yeah. And, but now I, I try to tailor it more towards um, if you're, if you're going to manipulate, manipulate in a way that's going to help somebody not hurt someone. Awesome. 100%. Right on, man. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of leads me into wanting to talk about your podcast, which uh, we'll definitely do here in a minute. Um, I, I, I did have one or two questions uh, that I've been curious about when it comes to like drug usage and trafficking. Okay. And I'm, uh, and I'm going to plead ignorance here. Okay. Because it, you know, everyone has their bag. It wasn't my bag growing up or anything, but I, I've just heard in, in drug circles, I guess, or, you know, uh, I've known people who were addicts. They told me, you know, you're, you're either a trafficker or dealer or user. And to do both is like a dangerous recipe. I mean, is, is that true or, or no? Well, I mean, I, I did both. Um, okay. It, it, but I mean, I didn't do it very well. Um, I was, I was a horrible drug dealer. I was a break-even drug dealer. Mm. Um, and oh, oh, I make a little bit of money, but it was just mm-hmm. to like, the only, the only great, the only thing that kept me from getting my ass kicked really, um, mm-hmm. was that I had a lot of, uh, strippers around me at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the guys that, that I was getting the drugs from, yeah, I mean, where, where do you think they're going to want to hang out if I got you know all, all all the all them women running around and i wasn't right. like sleeping with all of them they were just i was cool with them there was two yeah. twins that lived in the complex right you know in like right around the corner from me and they would always come and hang out and nice. so they became like little sisters you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh they'd always bring all their friends over mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i was a whole i was horrible at it but what i would do though is that anytime that that i would start having a problem with something I would switch over to start selling another drug. So I went from like cocaine to ecstasy to GHB to um, crystal. And then the crystal is what, what, you know, that's, there's some things in your life that you cannot, is it this, this is a a clean show, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's some, there's some things in your life that you just can't F with, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And meth was like that for me. It's like every time I tried it, didn't didn't matter how, which way I tried it. Okay, well let's try it. Do do it this way. All right. Well, let's not do this and let's try it. Still do it. Right. And it's it's that it's that that what they called insanity, right? 
yeah, try yeah. to do, do the same thing a different way and expect a different result. And so That's finally right. I realized, you know, it's all right, in 2010 that, all right, I just can't mess with that. Right. Um, but that didn't stop me from getting hooked on, on, uh, and having a seven year opiate addiction after that too, because when I was playing Whoa. softball yeah, when I was playing softball, I got injured and the doctor, they, they knew it was in my file that I was a meth addict. Right. Uh, right. from at, at Kaiser and, um, they start. they gave me some, uh, some painkillers right. and I kept telling, I need more, I need more, I need more. And she's like, well, it says in your file that you're this. And I'm like, they said, well, if you really do need it, then just sign here. And it says, you're not going to, you're not going to come after us if you get addicted. And, uh, they did. And it just wow. seven years after that. And, you know, at one point I was buying, spending $500 extra a month mm. to, uh, on, on more. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I could function. That's the thing. I could still function. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't keeping me from doing my job. It wasn't keeping me from doing anything. It was just, it was costing me money and, and, yeah. and I would get sick when I would start to come, you know, run out. And mm -hmm. so I, at one point I just said, you know what, I got to stop. And I think it was right before I decided to do a, a, a podcast, like, like uh, six months before the podcast, mm -hmm. before I even started it, I'm like, you know, mm -hmm if you're going to be talking to people about nowhere to go, but up and, you know, you were a drug addict and you're all this stuff and like, you know, you should probably stop doing this. And, uh, you know, cause you're just going to be a hypocrite. How are you going to talk about something when you can't even do it yourself? Right. Right. And, and so I did, I just, I cut the dose in half, 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 half until I was right. down to like maybe, um, uh, like five milligrams. I think it was up to like 10 a day on 10 milligrams so it's at 100 milligrams a day wow. and uh and that's not no, that's that's nothing compared to what some people do yeah, but yeah. I, I was able to do that and then i i i finished um i i, I quit completely by taking edible marijuana to to take off the rest of the edge of yeah. of the the sickness that comes after that because mm -hmm. it's still going to come it just you know if you wean yourself down it's not going to be as bad right right uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so you weren't one of the zombified addicts. You, you were functional, truly functional mm -hmm. and you're able to focus and everything. So um, let me ask you this, and then I want to dig into the podcast if, uh, if we can, Sean. Yeah. Um, now, uh, obviously, and, and, and we've seen it many times before, you know, um, someone who may be um, uh, either an addict or doing time in prison or, you know, they have, have a history of assault or burglaries and things like that, um, you know, for whatever reason, um, there's been a pattern where uh, the, they didn't have the best of childhoods, right? Mm -hmm. um, whether it was a father who uh, uh, drank too much and beat them or just simple neglect, right? Mm -hmm. um, or drug addicted parents. So, you know, I could see some of that transferring and, and uh, you know, carried along with the child as they reach adulthood. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, 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 so there's a tie in there. We're, we're all aware of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But my question to you is, um, because I've wrestled with this, uh, you know, I've, I've had friends of mine who have had rough childhoods and, and, and they've, they've, they, they just can't seem to turn that corner, even as adults, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what are what are your thoughts on at some point i believe at some point we must hold ourselves accountable as adults and no longer use you know the the story or let that story define us 
that we were abused as a child or we were neglected as a child. And that's what led me to here. You know, I mean, is it uh, at what point in our lives does that happen when we have that realization that, you know what? Yeah, I was abused as a child, but I'm an adult now, you know, and, and from what I've gone through, you know, I should have a pretty decent understanding of what's the difference between right and wrong and start holding yourself accountable to help make that turnaround, to help turn that corner. Um, you know, does it, does it happen for everyone or, or does, is it, does it vary based on our circumstances? What are your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a case by case thing, because I mean, as we know, I mean, as, as the further we progress in society and, and, you know, we're, we're learning different things. Um, mm -hmm. One is that, you know, a long time ago, we didn't realize it's zero to seven or five. Well, I think it's, I, I'm saying seven, but I think it, it could be as, as little as five. And those right. are the most formidable years of, of your kid's life, right? I yeah. think zero oh. to three is really going to determine what their personality is. And we don't know what causes trauma, you know, aside from the, the normal stuff, like, you know, right. molestation, sexual abuse, uh, you know, physical abuse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yelling at your kids could cause some form of trauma. Um, it definitely uh, it, it conditions them in a way that you don't want it to be conditioned because then they're going to accept that. Right. from other people when they get older that as it's okay because i don't want my parents yelled at me you know yeah. um so i think the number one i mean and i say this, this is uh, i say this across the board that the number one um public safety issue should be untreated trauma mm -hmm. and untreated trauma meaning in the way that um and what i mean like public safety is if a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the symptoms of what we see in society whether it's drug addiction and what comes after drug addiction which is criminality uh burglary thefts um rapes um other other types of um uh infractions um a lot of that is is from untreated trauma you know people that haven't dealt with their issues or figured out why it is they do what they do um, because of, you know, whether they were, you know, abandoned as a, as a kid, their dad left them, you know, right. just all of these things that kids just don't understand that they're, they're not, they're not, their brains aren't fully developed enough to, to be able to understand what's happening. And if somebody's not there, like kind of coddling them and, and, you know, guiding them, yeah. guiding them, yeah. they're, they're not going to figure it out. Why do they, why do you think it's, they say it takes a village to raise a, to raise a kid, it's you know, so back true, in man. Yeah, back in the day, it was like, you know, it, it, it wasn't just your kid. It was the it was the the village's child. That's right. Everybody, everybody took part in 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 having a part in raising that kid, whether it's, you know, hey, he's running around, you know, starting shit over. Hey, hey, come here. Get over here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and somebody's, you know, you fall, you know, somebody's going to knock your ass right back back into line and, and, you know, keep going. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Everybody, everybody is, is so, so, so divided, man. And, and Big worried about, and worried about like all this election stuff and, 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 right. and other stuff. I mean, yeah, it's important, yeah. but you know, what's really important, your own neighborhood. That's what's important. That's right. That's right. Your own community. Yeah. That's what's important because you can't change up there until you change your, you, yourself, your, your, your bubble. Right. And in the community that you're in, you want to make a change in Washington. Then why don't you start in your own neighborhood? Why don't oh. you start in your own community? 
why don't you go and volunteer to or or try to figure out how to get it get onto the city council and and, and make a change and do the things right. that you want to do you right. know you want to make your voice heard do it in a substantial way that's going to mean something instead of just rabble rousing and going ah taxpayer funded you <laughs> right, know right, what i mean right. you have taxpayer yeah. money you're stealing it you know yeah. dude, there's enough people out there that are screaming and yelling there's not enough people that are taking action in the the appropriate in the right way that's yeah. actually going to affect change totally totally sorry sorry didn't no. mean to get off on the on, no, no that's okay the, man call to action right call to yeah. action and part of that call to action is holding ourselves accountable if we want change then don't just sit there on a rant, right? I mm -hmm, mean, you, you, mm -hmm. you, you take the action to be the change. Take mm -hmm. the action to foster the change in your own world, in your own community, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that takes us to the podcast now. You're doing some amazing things with the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast in allowing or having, um, not allowing, but having a platform for people who want to tell their stories, people who've gone through tremendous struggle, uh, to, you know, to let others know, very similar as the road to rediscovery. Number one, you are not alone. And number two, there's always hope. There's mm -hmm. always hope. So talk to us about uh, nowhere to go but up and, and, and the inspiration behind it. Well, it started, it started because of my own story. I mean, I have, I'd started at zero three times in my life. I'd lost everything and had to, had to pick back up and start again. Uh, almost died five times, three, three of which were uh, drug, drug related. Um, two were vehicle related, but um, alcohol with alcohol, you know, with, with a substance. So, I mean, it, uh, I just, I wanted I had gone through so much, uh, like in 18 years, man, I just, I felt like I was, I was possessed by something. And then one day it just went away. And it was, uh, I just wanted to, to, I wanted to tell my story, but I also didn't want it to be about me. Right, because right. I knew that if I was going into, and I had, a, I had a hard time starting this podcast because I, mm -hmm. I had to, I had to, to really think hard because I'm, I'm a, a manipulative person. I'm, you know, I have these things in me, you know, so I, I really have to be careful about why I do things. And when I do do that, do do them, um, that it's not self-serving to the point where, because people could see through that. Yes. You know what I mean? People can see through that. And I was like, all right, I, I just, this is get out of your head. You're not going to be famous. You're not right. going to be Joe Rogan. If that's why you're going to do this, then you should just, <laughs> you should just go sell it. You sell the equipment that you just bought because it's, yeah. you're doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons. Wrong reasons. Absolutely. That's right. And so I, I had to, I had to figure that part out first. And then I had, and then I had to, to uh, stop trying to convince myself that I had nothing to say. And then nobody wanted to hear what I had to say anyways, that, that uh, imposter syndrome. You know, I, I, it took me a year, it took me 18 months to start this damn podcast and do the first episode. And it was, it was because this first six months, I got everything to do it. Mm -hmm. The second, the second year, or the, the year after that, I, I tried to convince myself, uh, talk myself out of doing it. So, mm. and, That's and it basically, you know, it, I just, I don't know, man, I just wanted to hear other people's stories, I guess. And I wanted to be able to tell mine and bits and pieces of how I related to what they were saying. Yeah. And I guess it just worked. Um, 
and it, and it, and it's gotten better and better and better from the first one all the way like if you listen to episode one which is horrible um <laughs> you know the cell phone ding ding yeah. going out i'm sick yeah. um i have a cold i think i played hooky from from work that day and uh <laughs> decided to do it and yeah. uh to, to episode 75 uh-huh. which is like it sounds like a completely different production you know, wow. and that's what I love about podcasts is yeah. that you can literally pick somebody and I love new shows because you start with them and you grow with them and you, yeah. as they're growing, you're growing with them. You're getting that's to right. see them. And hopefully they're as transparent as I am, because mm-hmm. I, I show you my, I, I, I clearly show you what I'm struggling with. Yeah. And a, and a lot of the times I'll have people on my show that if I'm, if I'm having an issue with something, like I had a financial uh, a guy on there once, and it's just right. things that I'm struggling with that I get a coach on or, or somebody yeah. that I can talk with them about it and, you know, maybe try to work something out, right, you right. know, and, and, and let you see that this is my process and this is how I kind of like figure myself out. I don't know, man. And then it just, it, it, it sort of took on a life of its own because now I do a little bit more than those because it was bottoms of life struggles and how my guests get through it and, and what interests me. And then it turned into what I'm passionate about. And then yeah. it turned into, you know, uh, it just, it is what it is now. It's more of like a variety. It, there's all kinds of stuff in it. It just doesn't have one thing, you know, nowhere to go, but up could be a lot of different things. You know, we're here as a society right now, we're right. here where we have right. nowhere to go, but up. Right. And I hope that everybody takes the opportunity to, to, uh, to understand that, you know, this, this isn't where we're at. It's not a bad thing. It is, it is an opportunity for us to see how screwed up everything is and how, how our own, our own media, the way that we see the media and everything else is like, come on, man, this, you guys don't see this. You don't see that there's something wrong here. Right. Right. And, and, I think people are starting to see it. It's just, mm-hmm. we just, we're so ingrained in that, 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 that infighting, man, that us mm-hmm. versus them, you know, oh, the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. And it's A like, lot of and division. You, yeah. And it's yeah. like, you guys don't, you don't get it, man. It's two heads of the same snake. They all work for politics. They all work for corporations. It's just, they work yeah. for different ones. The, the Republicans are on a, on a different team of, of, uh, billionaires and the democrats are on a different team of billionaires but it's right. the billionaires that are running them because they get them reelected to give them the money to do all that stuff so yeah it's, yeah no I've, I've heard i've heard um uh, about three or four of your episodes man and uh and and you guys get into some pretty heavy stuff for sure mm-hmm. uh and 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 i and that i appreciate right because uh it's opening yourself up making yourself vulnerable right? To tell your story. I mean, that's what you offer your guests and your guests definitely take them like the young lady who was uh, incarcerated, right? So um, oh, I yeah, really, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her and, and I, I truly, truly appreciated where she was coming from. Uh, and I've, I've heard you talk mm. about, you know, your own personal struggles uh, on the show as well. And, uh, and, and, and to me, that's, that's tremendous. Uh, I truly believe there's, mm. there's a sense of freedom that someone receives within their heart when they release 
something mm. like that, you know, and share something like that with, uh, uh, you know, that can leave them vulnerable. There's a freedom. I mean, it's almost like a weight lifted off of your shoulders, man. So, you know, I, I got to commend you for the, the, the great work you're doing, um, you know, and nowhere to go but up on that podcast, man, because uh, I, I'm a subscriber. I'm a believer. I'm going to be listening to episodes Thanks, from here on out. So uh, it, it's good stuff, man. And, uh, and I'm so glad we, uh, we, we were able to connect like this. So can you share with the listeners, where can they hear your podcast? Well, I'm on, I'm on quite a few of the, the major platforms. Um, my show basically, so there's, there's, I do have a podcast, but I also, you know, I release it as a, as a YouTube uh, video on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And then I also live stream to my Facebook group and also my Facebook uh, uh, profile. So I'll, when I record one, I'll record it. I'll release it as a podcast first. So it goes out to all the platforms and then I'll replay it as a live stream and shoot it out to those three, those three places. So it Mm. it definitely gives me a little bit more reach. Um, And all of those locations are available and you can find them at L I N K T R dot E E forward slash nowhere to go, but up all the places to connect to the show, to support the show, merchandise, uh, book, you want to be a guest, you think you got something you want to say, hit the book a guest tab. um, And, you know, sign up on the podcast, uh, 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 whatever the, uh, the podcast uh, (laughs) scheduling page. Um, And if I think I, and, and, you know, fill out the guest form. And if I think you, you got something uh, that's, that's, you know, I want, I want to talk about and have you on, I will. It's that easy. (laughs) Nice. Sean, I got to tell you, man, you have indirectly uh, uh, saved me a lot of legwork when it comes to uh, just just capturing all the links uh, to include in my show notes for our mm-hmm. listeners to connect with you. Okay, that one link tree link, that's all, mm-hmm. you know, that takes them to anywhere they want, whether it's your Facebook page, yeah. um, uh, YouTube, right? Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, all that stuff. So um, we will make sure that Sean's link tree uh, direct link is on the episode show notes so that you can connect with him. Uh, you can, you know, just, just uh, friend him. On yeah, all the social, media. yeah. Yeah. All the social media links are there. Um, I'm on all five of them. Uh, as you can see, awesome. you got, we got, we got the Twitter back there. You got the, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all those. There's the YouTube, the Pinterest, uh, yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I'm every, I'm everywhere that I can be. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Sean, man, I can't thank you enough for being on this show. I, I truly, truly am so glad that we connected uh, I, I think I think we're kind of aligned in our mission. All right, um, you come from uh, you know a, a, a place of of just you know discovered humility uh, in in sharing your story and opening yourself up, and then helping others to offer a platform to where they can do the same, and and and, and the listeners benefit, you benefit, your guests benefit. So again, I can't thank you enough for us connecting, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for the kind words. And, uh, you know, there is more to come because I have a nonprofit that I'm getting ready to start too for helping uh, uh, guys reenter from uh, prison. So that's nice. in the works as well, you know. And so, I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to, to be, I, I don't know, I don't even know, man. I just, yeah. I just know that 
that we're in a place where we need more people to pitch in and help and and, yes. and get creative in, in ways to try to um you know let's just let let's not do it the way that it's always been done because the way that it's right. always been done doesn't work and it hasn't right. worked <laughs> no it you doesn't. know what i mean yeah and, yeah and we need people to come together and yeah. to realize that we are so much more alike than we are different oh, you know 100%. we all want the same kind of things 100%. man do you, you want do you want your yeah. family to be safe do you want your family to be taken care of do you want your kids right. to have a future do you want right. to be to 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 i mean you don't even have to have abundance i mean what, yeah. you don't need abundance you just need to be you just need to be self self-sufficient and your family taken care of and we are we we have allowed we haven't but i would say that our 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 parents generation and their generation before they got lulled to sleep yeah. man they got lulled wow. to sleep and they and 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 they didn't uh they didn't catch what they should have and that's yeah. why we're here where we're at right now and now mm -hmm. we it's up to us to 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 turn it around you yeah. know and i don't and i don't think it's going to I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's what that's going to look like, but it, it, it's going to take a lot more people talking about the problems and, and not about what in solutions instead of, of, of division and why we're different. And, and, you know, why I was listening to something today on, on, uh, and sorry, I just, I it just came okay. to my head. No, go ahead. I was yeah. listening to something today on, on PBS mm -hmm. and every time they, they, would mention something they would it would be in in the terms of black owned or white owned or like what why why does it have to be that in front of a business like it's like it doesn't it's a yeah. business yeah. it, it, it yeah. does it shouldn't matter if it's white or black owned i mean are we That's still right. in the, are we still in them days are we still in them segregation <laughs> days where it's like the whites can do this over here and the blacks got to do it over there right, i mean right. i don't think so yeah i haven't no. seen i haven't seen overt racism in a long time I've seen covert, but sure. like overtly, like people going, Hey, you N word. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, blatant, I have not no. seen that blatant stuff in a long time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So you. it's, you know, I just think we need to just really start looking at this at what it is, is it's not a well, race war. It's not, it's, it's, it's class. Yeah. It's classism. That's what it is. Well, yeah, it is classism. And, and we need to start being more mindful, at least, you know, guys, your age, my age, uh, people our age, right? We need to be more mindful uh, about the world that we are leaving for our children and our grandchildren, right? Mm -hmm. so because that change that mm -hmm. you're talking about, Sean, I don't think, quite honestly, that it's going to happen in our lifetime. It may start to turn the corner towards uh, development mm -hmm. in that direction, um, you know, by the end of our lifetime. But for it to fully occur, I think is beyond mm -hmm. our lifetime, which is why we need to leave the world in a much better place for our children and grandchildren, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and it is possible. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. All right, Sean. So now it's time for us to go into a segment I like to call three for the road in three for the road. I like to ask my guests three random yet thought provoking questions. Uh, trying to challenge them to answer in five words or less. So what do you think, Sean? You think you might be up for it? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. I got, I got, I can see if I can do this real quick. All right, right on. Here we go, man. All right. So three for the road. Nope. Question one, you enter a magical room that takes you to your past, sort of. In the room, there's nothing but a chest, you know, like a trunk, a footlocker. In it are items from your past. 
you get to pull out three items to bring back you bring back with you to the present. What are they? Items from my past. Holy moly. Um Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say uh, my my ability to trust, mm-hmm. um, my uh, let's see, my Ford Thunderbird. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and. Uh, probably the grow room setup that that got stolen from me because i'd probably be growing some cbd or something like that nice nice okay awesome that was a, that uh, was a tough one man i was just trying to like uh, think of something those, <laughs> those are hard that's okay man no, no worries this one uh, the next two are going to be easy and shorter all right so number two um persistence okay and the essence of persistence is persistence led with the head or with the heart um i think it's a combination of both i i've I've experienced this just now and the person i have to call after this is because of persistence Mm -hmm. um i never i never gave up on trying to get this individual you know to uh to be able to contact and uh and it, it wasn't and it wasn't it's just you can't i mean you have to be persistent but you have to be tactful in your persistence that's right. what the key is you can't just keep boom 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 right. that's right. you know what i mean it's more like a boom boom strategic yeah yeah, yeah. boom boom i'm still here yeah yeah nice you know let, let, let a week go by <laughs> yeah still here still here <laughs> you know it's yeah. and, and you just gotta be tactful with it and it takes a little bit of it takes heart and it takes yeah. and it takes the mind because you have to think about how to be t- how to how to be creative and how you get get some of those things. I uh, sure do. Sure do. All right, man. Number three, it's a top off three for the road. Okay. Fill in the blank. Blank gives me freedom. Mm. What gives me freedom? Eliminating my ego. All right. All right gives me gives me the freedom to to be able to have myself be used as an instrument of good instead of an instrument of bad gotcha gotcha i'm digging it sean 100 man it's been so great to have you on the show man thank you thank you so so much and like i mentioned we'll have your link tree in the episode show notes for everyone to connect with you i will tag you when we get you know this up and going uh, ready for prime time so uh, once again, man, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, man. And uh, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. And uh, yeah, brother, uh, I'm going right. to start listening to your show too, because uh, I'm going to have you on a guest as well. Oh, well, thank you. I'd be honored to, man. I'd be honored to. And, and let's talk about uh, a sequel in the coming months. Once you get that not-for-profit up and going, because I'd love for you to mm-hmm. come back to just give the listeners an update on how that not-for-profit is coming along. Absolutely, man. I'd be more than willing to do that and delighted to. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Uh, remember, please subscribe, leave feedback, and share with your friends and families. If you want to have the heads up 
uh, VIP type style uh, uh, notifications on who are upcoming guests before the episode's released, make sure you subscribe to our mailing list at roadtoRediscovery.com. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com. The Road to Rediscovery is a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. Together, we're all roadies. And I'm so glad you're on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.